Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi, and welcome to episode 211 of Martha Runs the World. This week I'm doing a whole episode, a deep dive into volunteering at ultra races. I've already done a whole episode of volunteering at races, both road and trail, and it was episode 135 back in August of 2021. Has it been that long already? (laughs) I can't remember anymore. (laughs) I really can't. But this one takes a closer look at a lot of the positions that you can do. Okay, that sounded rude. (laughs) This takes a a little bit Closer look at a lot of the volunteer jobs. You can do it at an ultra race if you don't want to run. And I'll also look at some specific popular races and how they do it as examples. Now, ultra races would never happen without volunteers. They make up the vast majority of the jobs that are done, and they help create and produce successful races. Volunteer positions can be done via the race itself or usually through the race website link. They'll have a a link that you can fill out and say when you're available during the race, what kind of job you want to do and all that kind of stuff. Or you can help out directly with the runner if they need you to help them do something. Usually someone you know, or you can let the race know that you can help out with runners who need someone, and I'll get more into that later. Let me first go over the volunteer opportunities with the races directly. Okay, now pre-race, there's a lot of different things that you can do. One of the things that you can do, and it's not a glamorous position, but it really needs to be done, and it needs to be done well, is directing cars into parking spaces. And yes, this is a seemingly easy job, but a lot of times it's not done right, and we all know when it's not done right. Yeah, we do, but it's very important as we know. It's the difference between keeping the park area flowing well before and after a race and making it a big mire muck after a race. The race director wants everyone happy, including the the area where the race is, and the runners. So they want to make sure and have it done right. What The, the race director will give you a, a how to do it. He'll, he'll, they'll give you a printout of the parking area and tell you exactly you know, how, how to get it done. And like I said, it's not, it's not a difficult job, but it has to be done right. So it's pretty important. You can help out at the registration area pre-race. I like this job. This is a fun one. They have different different distances. If they have a, a 50K, a 30K, or um, a marathon, a 30K, and a half, and a 10K, each one will have a different line. Each person will be in charge of the bibs for each race. And then they'll have a couple of people in the back handing out T-shirts, and they'll point, they'll call out the the size and they'll grab the t-shirt and things like that. So it's a well-oiled machine and everyone does their part. Also too, they, they may have an area where they still will be taking registration where you can pay for a registration if they still have some spots left. Most places don't have that, 
But if they do have that, you can also have that as well. Now, if it's a big race, you may be able to check in the day before the race, and they'll have maybe an expo. Some of the big ultra races have that. The little ones, you just do that the morning before the race, and you show up an hour before or an hour and a half before, and you can check in. Sometimes the big ones will be like road race, you know, like road races do and have an expo. You can buy a bunch of fun stuff and check in there. Or they'll have, maybe they'll have check-in at a running shoe store or a sporting goods store. And that kind of makes it a little easier to do. So you can do that as well. Just remember, read your instructions within the emails that you get before the race, before you show up an hour before the race, if you think you can check in then. A lot of the bigger races, you have to check in the day before because if you show up the morning of the race and you think you can check in, but you can't because you were supposed to do it the night before, that's not a good thing. So make sure you read the email properly and checked in the day before if you have to do that. Like I said, it goes without saying, read the email instructions. (laughs) I shouldn't have to say it, but yeah, I'm saying it. If you don't want to do pre-race volunteer, and I love doing pre-race because you do pre-race, then you can go off and do another job at part of the race if you want, or you're done if if that's all you want to do. But whatever you want to do, you can find a, a job to do at a race. All right. Now, if you want to do aid stations, aid station is fun too. And races longer than 5Ks or okay, we're going to talk about ultra races. So in races longer than 5Ks, trail races, there will usually be aid stations. But because I'm talking about ultra races, there, of course, will be aid stations. And they will have real food. Yes. Now, aid stations are usually spread out anywhere from 4 to 10 miles, although that distance varies depending on where the race is and how difficult or easy it is for vehicles to get into and out of that area. It's not unheard of for races in remote areas to have longer stretches in between aid stations. So they may not be that close together, and runners are required to carry more stuff with them between the stations. Sometimes if it's a real remote area and the vehicles can't get to place, there may not be an aid station for 15 miles, so you better be prepared for that if you're running it. Being part of an aid station is really fun. I love it. It's fun part to um, to get to know your fellow volunteers. It's a really fun part to help out runners, and you really get to see the nitty-gritty of ultra running. If you're not sure you even want to do ultra running, work in an aid station, and I swear you really will want to do it afterwards. Or not, I don't know, but I sure was after I worked at an aid station, I'll tell you that. It's a small races really need your help. They really, really need you because they don't get a lot of the, the volunteers that the big races do. And you'll make friends forever if you do, and the race, the runners coming through will thank you profusely, and you'll just have a lot of fun. In some of the bigger races, organizations and running groups will man an aid station year after year. They may pick a different theme each year, dressing costumes and playing music. For example, the Donner Party Mountain Runners 
of Reno, Nevada, hosts the Forest Hill School aid station at the Canyons Endurance Race every year. The Canyons does a 50-mile and 100K every year. They have a nice setup. They offer water, electrolyte beverages, goo, watermelon, bananas, PB&J, candy, pickles, and a variety of other stuff as well. It's not as large as some of the other aid stations I'll mention, but it works, and the race participants love it every year. They just count on it. It looks like a lot of fun. And the biggest races do have lots of volunteers. Western States has 1,600 volunteers for 369 runners. And UTMB in Europe has one volunteer for every one runner. That's one-on-one. That's right. So the smaller races don't get that many volunteers, but they really need them more than anyone. I mean, they get a lot, but they certainly do need you. And on the small races, you get a free entry sometimes, or at least a reduction in your race price for in a future race. You'll get something. It isn't like a road race where you get a cotton shirt and maybe a sandwich for lunch. Maybe. <laughs> I swear, those those road races, you get a extra large shirt that will never fit you and maybe a sandwich. <laughs> They're so cheap in those races. They charge a bundle for a marathon and they won't give their volunteers anything. <laughs> but let's remember the purpose of an aid station. They're there to keep the runners safe, moving and happy. The runners have to work hard to get that far. So the aid stations are there to make sure that they can keep the runners going. Now, for a race of 100 miles, there will be a lot of aid stations along the way. The runners will have the chance to have drop bags, and they'll be able to drop off bags at many of those aid stations. Some of the aid stations may not allow them, so that the maybe every other aid station will allow drop bags. And there's a bunch of dogs barking outside, and I don't know why. So if you hear that, that's what it is. But the runners give the drop bags with the number of the aid station that they're going to on the bag. And then the race takes them off to whatever aid station they're supposed to be dispersed to. And then the runner will go to them later on. The bags have various items in them that the runner may need throughout their race, depending on the time of day and what aid station they're going to. That bag can include shorts or long pants, sunscreen or headlamp, food, gloves, extra socks, shoes, all kinds of items that they may need. If they're running without a crew, and I'll talk about that in a bit, then the aid station will probably hand them their drop bag at the station that they're at if the runner asks for it. In 2022, there were 2,668 ultra races in North America with 116,338 finishers. That's a lot of finishers. You for sure know that there were a lot of aid station workers helping those finishers to that finish line. That's a lot of smiles. That's a lot of cheering. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of electrolyte mix. That's a lot of blisters. (laughs) That's a lot of chafing. (laughs) It's the aid station's job to make sure they are healthy and ready to keep going to the next aid station or finish if it's near the end. 
Not only do the aid stations provide food, but they also provide basic first aid and will help runners with chafing, blisters, sunburn, uh, what else? Uh, anything like that, uh, cramping, if they're starting to get a leg cramp and they've got those nice rollers there, they can give them a roller and let them roll their legs or or whatever, or if they've got, you know, kind of a back, sore back or something, if they need it. They're angels, pretty much. They're trail angels. They're there just to help us, and they're awesome. To keep runners moving, the station has a huge variety of food and beverages, as I've already said. If it's a smaller race, the beverage could just be water and one electrolyte drink mix. Usually, the race is maybe sponsored by an electrolyte mix, so it may be Tailwind or something else, or or Hammer Heed. If, like me, I don't drink Tailwind, so I would have to supply my own electrolyte mix, and I would take that with me. Um, So I would tell them, no, just water, please. When they come by, when you go up there, you've got your little bottles there, and they usually, one of the aid station workers will have a pitcher in their hand and say, Two pitchers, water or electrolyte mix, and I'd just say, water, please. Fill up your pitcher. Then I put my electrolyte mix in that in the bottle and shake it up. Or if, if you like tailwind or whatever they have, then they pour in that electrolyte mix. Whatever. You know, whatever they have. If you don't need that, you probably will. If, you, if it's like been six miles or so since the last A station, you better have drank water since then. They're going to fill up your water bottles And they're going to ask you what kind of food you need. And before you get to the aid station, you should be thinking about what you want to do. Before you get there, think about it. What food you want, what you want to do. Do you want to change your socks? Do you want to take off your shoes and get any rocks out of your shoes? Do you, what do you want? Do you want electrolyte mix? Do you want water? Whatever you want to do, you think about that before you get to the aid station. So when you get to the aid station, you're not thinking there, oh, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Because you can waste so much time thinking there at the aid station. You have to have that in your mind before you get there. Now, they'll also have other things. They'll have fresh fruit, especially if it's if it's hot out. They'll have fresh fruit. They'll have watermelon. They'll have uh, a bowl of salt. You can dip that watermelon in, into salt if it's hot. Banana into salt is a lifesaver. Go for it. If it is salt, do have banana in salt. Yes, it's very good. Pickles, also good. If it's cold, the station might have coffee. They may have soup. Now, that's later on in the race. You'll want want to get some soup. You want to get some real food in your belly. If it's later on in the race, you will want some real food. Quesadillas, always good. Always, always good. Bacon, of course, is good. Anything like that. They will have a lot of food options so you think about what you want potato chips pretzels salt tabs salt tabs always good to have now a really good thing to take with you is a couple extra ziploc bags so you can take some food with you you don't have to eat it all at the the food station because if you eat too much you that could make you sick so just grab a few things that you can take with you that won't get crunched up or or broken and just take a few things with you um, if they have salt tags, salt tabs, take a couple of those with you because you, you, you will use them. You will need them. Trust me. I didn't think I would need salt tabs as much as I needed them during my last couple races, and I really did. 
and I don't think I'm going to go without them again. PB&Js are good if they have peanut butter and jellies. That's a nice thing to stick in that Ziploc bag. All kinds of things. M&Ms are great. Uh, candy is always good, but real food is good too. Just don't forget to eat. Gotta eat. But it really depends on the weather of what you're, you're going to want to eat. Coffee is nice if it's middle of the night. Have some coffee. That's I love that in the middle of the night. Now, some races go all out with hot foods. They'll have a portable generator or two and have a huge variety of soups and stews or other hot dishes to choose from. I know Cocodona has ta- had tacos and <laughs> Taco Tuesdays. So that would be something to enjoy. Yes, I would definitely love that. That would be really good. Now, you're out for 250 miles. You're going to be eating real food. You're going to be walking a lot, too, because after eating real food, you're not going to run for a little while anyway. And any place that has bacon, what is not to love about bacon? All right, okay. If you're vegetarian, you're not going to eat it, but, yeah, the rest of us will. (laughs) Sorry. Like I said, quesadillas are good. There are other choices for vegetarians. You know, there's lots of good soups you can have, vegetarian chili, And there's always options. They always give options no matter what's your food of choice. There are lots of options to eat, and they go all out. The the, uh, aid stations work really hard to make everyone happy. And if you don't find something you like, they will go out of your way to find something that you can like. Some places will, will have music that'll keep you going and keep your spirits up. And some places will offer shots of some sort of alcohol. I mean, I'm not into it, but that, that's what you're into, and you want a shot of alcohol, they have it, go for it. Why not? You know, I mean, if, if that's what you're into, I don't see a problem with that. Here are some su- suggestions from a website, and I will have the link on the MarthaRunsTheWorld.com website that talk about what station volunteers can do to keep runners happy. Smile. Of course, always smile. Always smile. Welcome in. Welcome runners in and just make them feel so happy and make them just feel like they're the greatest people in the world because they are. Tell a joke. Make them laugh. Make eye contact. Absolutely. Ask a runner their name and use it. Tell them they look great, even if they don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You got to tell them they look great. Tell them how impressed you are, because you will be. Oh, yeah, I'm always impressed by every ultra runner I see. And just just make them feel just on top of the world, because they are. They're out there doing hard stuff, and I'm impressed. Every time I volunteer, I'm impressed with these runners, and I think that's amazing. And we have to make them feel so, so happy and, and on top of things. That's what the aid stations are all about. When they're ready to go out, uh, we have to make them feel, have that spirit and that positivity as they go out of the aid station. They really are angels. I've said that before, but they really, really are angels. When we say goodbye and um, when I leave an aid station, I always try to say thank you. I know in the past I have been cranky a couple times and I apologize for those times I've been cranky at the aid station. I am sorry. <sighs> I didn't mean to be, but I was. Yes, I I apologize for any time I was a little cross at an aid station. And thank you for helping me at the aid station, even if I was in a bad mood. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Now remember, not all aid stations are easy for the crews to get to. Some are downright terrible to get to. They're not always conveniently by the side of a road. Sometimes there are muddy four-wheel drive only roads with deep ruts or all of the gear, food, and everything have to be carried up the side of a mountain. That includes the tables, water, chairs. If there's a generator, that too has to be carried up. Everything. It can be a real hassle, but it's for the love of the race. The love of the trail, as they say. Part of what keeps the runners moving is to get them in and what they need out of the out of the station. It's super easy to stay at the aid station. It's a safe, warm place with fun, friendly people. But it is also the aid station's job to get them moving out of the station. They can't stay at the aid station. So it's part of the volunteer's job to get them out. If the runner is too comfortable at the station, the aid station volunteer has to get them moving out. It's like, well, isn't it time that you get back in the race? I mean, if they're not feeling any pain, if they're not injured in any way, then the aid station has to kind of get them moving again. And they can either do that in a very, very subtle, very friendly, nice way, or they can kind of not, not, I mean, it's always friendly, but they can do it in a less subtle way. (laughs) Big aid station crews for Western states have themes, and each member of the crew will dress according to that theme. Each of those crews also gets one golden ticket into next year's Western States, so each member interested in running that year can take a chance at drawing it. It's a big reason to participate, for sure. But it shouldn't be the only only reason, of course, and it isn't. It's just a fun time to participate to see some of the best runners in the world. But... Don't forget the little races, the local races in your area need you probably more. Now, there are also a few other things that you can do at ultra races if you want to volunteer directly with the race company itself. As I previously mentioned in the last episode about volunteering, you can help with direction. There are some turns at crossroads or... When the race crosses a street, when a volunteer has to be there to stop road traffic and allow the races to run in a safe place. We have to make sure that they don't get hit, right? That's really, really a very important job. In the case of a crossroad, we want to make sure that the runners don't take a wrong turn in a very confusing place where there may be more than one trail. This happens many times in races that have a confusing course or a repeat sections. I love those races. It's super easy to get lost or take the wrong way. The volunteer has to be well-knowledged enough about the course to help runners out if they happen to get confused about which direction they need to go. And as we know, a lot of times course markings may get removed by locals, by kids, as jokes, so they, the runners, might get a little bit turned around or lost. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? 
And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Another very important volunteer position is sweeping. If you're a decent enough runner, sweeping is a very important job and you may want to do it. They are the last ones finishing the race. Well, they're not actually in the race, but they're the last ones running. Unfortunately, seeing them at at a race is never a happy occasion. (laughs) If you're running it, that is. Being a sweeper is important not only to pull racers who won't make the cutoff, But they also pick up all the flags or ribbons left on the course and pick up any garbage left by runners. Sure, no one likes to see the sweepers nipping at their heels, no matter how friendly they are. And they are friendly. But no matter how slow we are, we don't like to be reminded of that little fact that we're not going to make cut-off times. We know that. (laughs) But sweepers are really important. Because there are cutoff times and they're there for a reason. And if we don't make them, we need to be pulled off the course. Because the permits that we have and the ability to do the race again is all determinate on sticking to what the permits say. And it really depends on where the race is held. If it's held in a non-park area or an area where they're not strict about the time limits, then that's not a big deal. But they're in a park area or someplace where they're going to be super strict about it, then yeah, cutoff times are really, really important. So just respect that and don't be mean to the sweepers. They're just trying to keep the race going and to help out with the race And also, too, that if you get lost on the race, then the sweepers are out there to find you. So just be cool about it. They're there to help. I remember one race, actually, that the sweepers helped find someone because they just took a wrong turn. Thank goodness the sweepers were there to find them. They ran an extra, like, five miles in the race. Oops. Now, many runners have crews, especially for 100Ks and longer races. The longer the race, the more a crew is helpful. You won't find that for shorter races than that, usually. After running and walking for so long, usually without a whole lot of sleep, it leaves us unable to think as clearly as we would like. So having a handful of friends or family members is helpful. They can help us with the right fluids, food, gear, take care of our blisters, cramping, all that fun stuff. Sure, all this can be done at the aid station, but having people who know us is even better if we can. If we can. And the big races, the folks at the aid stations are really busy anyway with a lot of runners. So it's nice to, if we can have our own crew, it really helps out a lot to give us the individual attention we need. And you'll find that crews will like it at Badwater 135, I did have a full episode on Badwater and crewing and what goes into it. You have to have a crew. There are some big races that require you to have a crew. 
Now, the crew will follow the runner along the course, driving from aid station to aid station, as long as the crew is allowed to be there. Some stations will not allow them, mostly because maybe where the aid station is located, they can't have a bunch of crews driving in. It's not physically feasible for them to be there. A lot of times the aid stations are, like I said previously, they're in remote areas, so they can't be there. The area can't provide for them. That happens quite often in those remote races. And sometimes it's just really hard for the crews to get there. Now, runners don't have to have crews in most races. Most races aren't like Badwater. They don't have to have crews. Many runners choose to do long races. They do them on their own and rely only on the aid stations and drop bags. So these runners have to be very organized and know what they need way ahead of time so that when they go into aid station, the the aid stations volunteer ask, what do you need? What can we do for you? And the runner has to have everything right there ready. They need to know what they need. Even in the middle of the night after they've been up for hours and hours, they still need to know what they need. Well, remember, like I said, that with or without a crew, They need to get in and out of the aid station. They cannot get stuck in a chair. (laughs) Remember, the chair is not your friend unless you need it just for a few minutes. Do not get stuck in the chair. (laughs) The last job that you can do if you want to volunteer is as a pacer. Now, I did talk about pacers in the last volunteer episode I did. Pacers can be part of your crew at most 100K or longer races. I discussed them, so I'll only go into this briefly. Pacers make sure that the runner is still on the course and keeping going. They are mostly not allowed until the last portions of the race. They're not allowed to hold gear for the runner unless the runner is is through with that gear. Once the runner gives the pacer something like their trekking poles, the pacer cannot give them back. The runner decides what kind of pacer they want. Do they want someone who's just going to be quiet and just run with them? Do they want a jokester? Do they want someone to to talk to them? What do they want? They want the drill sergeant. It's just all up to the pacer and the runner, and they decide that ahead of time. Or maybe they decide, well, I wanted someone to talk to me, but now I just want you to just be quiet or whatever. It just is really up to them. And interestingly enough, races in Europe don't allow crews or pacers. So you're out of luck there. (laughs) But there are so many tons of things to do at ultra races. Even if you don't want to run, get involved and see how much fun they are. Because they really are fun. And it's fun to be a part of it and see what really goes into a race. You will want to be a part of it. And I swear you will want to run one. Check out the additional blog post on my website. Besides doing the podcast, I decided to do an additional writing blog every week. They've been kind of short because I just started, but I'm going to do longer ones because I feel like writing more. They're going to come out either on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday when I get them out. It will be an additional uh, theme or an additional subject that doesn't have anything to do with my podcast that week. So check it out on the website, Martha Runs the World. As well on the website, you can find everything there. You can find the Patreon patron link, the Buy Me a Cup of Coffee, and all the information about the 
podcast episode and past episodes if you want to check them out. Okay, and that is it today. That is it this week. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. You know I do. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run. <laughs>